Welcome to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss the how-to of creating conscious leadership for business, life and the world. With ordinary people doing extraordinary things and being truly in control of their own health, wealth and happiness. Knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. Introducing your host, Julie Hogbin, author, international speaker, mentor, disruptor, and creator of Conscious Leadership, and property investor living in the UK. Agile working has been around in the language since 2000, and it was originally designed for software developers to create product with cross-functional teams that were self-organized, and that was in 2000. Now, doing the research to create this episode, I have Google searched, as I do, and haven't really found Agile working mentioned or researched until 2014. And in 2014, the CIPD, Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development, created a research project that looked at agile working within the HR profession and it researched many organisations across uh, private sector, public sector, voluntary sector. And one of the biggest incidences that needed to be controlled or they organisations felt they wanted to control in 2014 was cost management, which was followed closely by improving organisational responsiveness to change and the growth of market share in existing or new markets. Now, in 2018, there was a McKinsey report done, which I will talk to you about as we go through the programme. But I've also linked agile working and the benefits of agile working to organisations to other research that I know about and that I have covered in various other episodes within my work is that there was some research conducted by BSP World and it mentioned that 67% of businesses who adopted Agile as a way of working had a significant boost to results. So bottom line, end result. And some of those businesses actually increased 20% on their bottom line through adopting Agile working. We'll come back to what that means in reality. In 2017, there was a report um, completed that said a certain sector of the employees would reduce salary for agile working. Now, link that back to the 2014 report from the CIPD, saying that cost management was a vital part of what organisations wanted to do. They would reduce salary and they would actually change jobs for agile working. So with agile working, an organisation would be able to um, attract and employ and retain the best talent. Linking into that, millennials and Gen Z, so millennials are from 1980, Gen Z from 1996. So anybody, this is being recorded in 2020, So anybody up to the age of 40 that are currently in the working environment, 
are attracted by flexible organisations will pay more for a product that is created by an organisation when push comes to shove that is in, created by a, an organisation that not only creates the agile working, flexible working, but also has a solid sound CSR policy, corporate social responsibility. Now, when you add those things together, there is a real clear indication that agile working, flexible working, whatever you as an organisation decide to call it, pays. It pays you to adopt this process. McKinsey did some research on a various organisations and there was a global bank reduced its cost based by about 30% while significantly improving employee engagement, customer satisfaction and time to market of its products. So when this is employed and applied and adopted into culture, it does have proven significant bottom line results for customers, internal and external, for profit line, and for reputation. Now, agile working has got four key values and these came from the original 2017 software engineers that got together. And the four key values are responding to change over following a plan. Now, think about what this means for, your, for you and for your organization and for you and for your team. Collaboration with customers, internal and external, over contract negotiation. And I want to add a little proviso into this or a, or a definition, maybe. So collaboration, if you looked at the definition, it's about working together to get the end result. Whereas negotiation, there is a vested interest for one party to win. And negotiation is about give and take but the people that are in negotiation have a vested interest in the outcome. So one person will win and one person will lose, potentially. Whereas with collaboration, you work together to get to the best result for both parties. One of the other four key values is working with software over comprehensive documentation. Now, when you think about that and you think about software, how does it serve you and your organisation? And in some cases, how does it not serve you and your organisation? Have you moved to the paperless office where everything is online? How accessible is it? How many policies and procedures and processes um, replicate each other for no reason? I've worked in many organisations, um, actually worked in them or worked for them or consulted with them where the paperwork has been endless and repetitive and completed, which takes hours and then never got looked at. And then the last of the four key values is individuals and interactions over processes and tools. So this is far more around the individual individual interaction. It's more far more personal than processes and tools, systems. So the four key values, responding to change rather than following a plan, Collaboration with customers internal and external over contract negotiation and working with software over comprehensive documentation 
and finally, individuals and interactions over processes and tools, which seems pretty simple when you just put it down into four key values. And then how do you get that into reality? So agile, when you look at the definition, is the ability to move quickly and easily. So what does that mean? It means that organisations that have or want to embed Agile into their organisation have continuous testing and evaluation and product approach. So it's a continual test. It's a continual evaluation to see if it's working or it isn't working. And Agile working has an underlying fundamental belief that work is an activity, not a place. So what does that mean? What that means is that the activity, the work, the job, the task can be done anywhere and in any manner. And it can be done in anywhere and in any manner to suit the individual, which then leads to their increase in productivity. It fails and it does fail. If you're thinking about change, I think there was a piece of work I read once that said something like 95% of change initiatives fail in organisations. And when they've looked at implementing agile into organisations, why does it fail? Because it's lack of experience. Lack of the methodology, methodology nearly said that, lack of methodology and the integration of that methodology. So we have the grand idea, we have the great idea, we start it and then we fail to embed it, which is what happens with most of change initiatives within organisations. So why does it fail? It fails, A, because it's a change from the normal way of working, so whatever the norm is, and it would fail because there is a lack of belief within certain sectors, certain individuals, certain teams, certain directorates, certain parts of the corporation, that it would actually work. So agile working is around creating the space and the environment for individuals to operate effectively and well in. It is about creating and finding the most appropriate and effective way of working to complete a particular task. So with Agile working, one of the things it can do is reduce the amount of space required by an organisation. So with Agile working, not everybody has to have their own desk and everybody has to have their own space. What they are required to have is an environment where they can effectively operate either individually or as a team, which means there will be quiet spaces. It means there will be spaces where they can operate within a team environment, so have more noise. But those two things do not impinge your impact on others. It means that individuals can work from anywhere in reality as long as the work is being done. So it's the right tools for the right job at the right time in the right place. So space and design is really important for agile working. It is a change to what would, I suppose, be classified as the normal environment for working. 
Agile working can be introduced in departments, in divisions, in teams. It could be introduced in departments, division, teams, and those then those that apply it and make it work because of the belief systems and the structures and the flexibility could then be showcased within an, a, a larger organisation. Agile methods, there's a, there's a lot of information around this, but it's in then interpreting it into whatever it does mean into an actual working environment who maybe haven't adopted it currently. Now, this was talked about in 2000. The first piece of research I found, didn't do too much searching, but was in 2014. Then McKinsey and the Harvard Business Review did some research in 2018-17. So it's relatively new. So early adopters have, have tried it. Early adopters have given it a go. The um, early innovators are probably just about starting it through. It's been talked about for a while, but not very long in the nature of change within organisation, especially big corporates. So what they say is that agile methods replace high-level design with frequent, sorry, frequent redesign. So you design a process, you design a, a way of being, a way of working, and then you consistently evaluate it, review it, and redesign it. So there is a level of time and attention that is required to make agile working work. They say that an organisation who, who adopts agile working has a stable backbone and is dynamic at the same time. And McKinsey describe it as moving from an organisation that operates as a machine, which is your normal top-down hierarchy. When you've got a normal top-down hierarchy, within that whole process you have bureaucracy. You have levels of management, you have levels of communication, you have what was at one point called silo working. It still is in some organisations and other organisations I talk to really don't even know what silo working is. But it means that each division, each directorate within an organisation feed upwards rather than across. So what one organisation, one directorate may do isn't really considered to the effect that may have on another. So it's a slow, clunky process for most for most organisations that adopt that top-down hierarchy. So if you go from an organisation as a machine um, to an organisation that is an organism, what that means is, is that the leadership, the leaders, the leadership shows direction and enables action. So rather than the top-down, if you like, hierarchical triangle, this is a circle with the leader sitting in the middle. So I'm going to say it, a bit like a spider in the middle of the web, although spiders don't sit in the middle of their webs very often. Um, but that's the linchpin, that's the point. So the leadership shows direction and enables action. And around the leadership, you have teams of functional individuals who are agilely working together across directorates, across divisions to create the product and the process, sorry, to create the product that is required for the outcome. 
So the lines of hierarchy are less important. The line of reporting structures are less important. And teams are built around end-to-end accountability. Now, please listen to the episode I did on teams working together, teams versus working groups. So teams or working groups are built around end-to-end accountability. And accountability to who? To each other and to whoever is the um, manager, the leader of that particular area of work, whatever that might mean. What it also means is that you get quick changes and you get flexible resources. So resources are put into the operation to get to the end result. Remembering that this is a collaboration with customers internal and external. Five trademarks to agile organisations. If and again, if anybody wants to talk to me after they after you have listened to this, please um, connect with me. Connect at clavem.global. Connect at clavem c l a v e m dot global. I can give you far more information on this and um, diagnose some issues. If you're trying to implement, trying isn't the word. You either do or you don't. But if you are implementing agile working and you're coming across some hurdles potentially please let me know and I can help you get through them so five trademarks the strategy now this is not unnormal it's not out of the norm it is even more important with agile working because you are not you won't have everybody in one place at one time you have to have a shared purpose and vision Without a doubt, any organisation need, needs a shared purpose and vision and every team needs a shared purpose and vision and we don't always get it. You, Within an agile organisation, remember this is responding to change rather than following a plan, you need to be able to sense and seize opportunities. So it's more about being in the moment and if you're in an organisation, you've still, of course, got your vision and your purpose to adopt to. So it's and flexible resource allocation and actionable strategic guidance. So this isn't a free for all, which some managers and leaders do think flexible working, agile working, whatever you want to call it becomes. It is not a free for all. You've still got your measures, you've still got your management in place, but it is a more flexible way of working. You need a structure, so a network of empowered teams. You need a clear, flat structure. So it's not the hierarchy as we would normally have. Clear, accountable roles. Hands-on governance. Now, hands-on governance means that the teams and the individuals that are working together are managing themselves and governing themselves to get to the end result. You need active partnerships. And you need an open physical and virtual environment. So not everybody's going to be in the same place at the same time. Physical environment and virtual environment. You need rapid decision and learning cycles. So within this, you need standardised ways of working. So everybody knows who does what and how. You need information transparency. So information transparency and communication transparency linked to continuous learning with action-oriented decision-making. And again, I mentioned that in the working together um, 
uh, episode. Now this is really interesting. It indicates that you need dynamic people who model and ignite passion. So this is talking around individuals, so employees having an entrepreneurial drive and having role mobility. Now, role mobility linked to an entrepreneurial drive will create within individuals a sense of power, a sense of authority, a sense of well-being, a sense of being in control and charge of their own environment <clears throat> Excuse me, and their own results. And this comes from originally software engineers. So you need next generation technology need to be constantly updating with technology and allowing and enabling the teams to use technology. Now, one of the things that came in with Agile working um, is the concept of the Scrum or the stand-up meeting. And within the original work of Agile working, they the teams would have a meeting at the same time every day and they would have that meeting standing up. And that is no excuse for those meetings to go on and on and on. They were quick update meetings was the original intent. It wasn't a problem solving um, intent. It was a quick update. This is where we are. This is what we're doing. And then they would disappear. They would dissolve. So it was a very quick stand up meeting. Now, I'm not going to, on this episode, go into why it would fail. I think you can probably from this short episode understand the differences between an agile working environment organization to a generally normal for want of a better word hierarchical organization the two are vastly vastly different so if you do want to know any more about this please contact me connect at clavum.global and I will very happily answer any questions you may have. Thanks for listening to the Conscious Leadership Podcast. You can contact Julie on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest and hear me out. Please subscribe to her YouTube channel for how-to videos and more content and please message Julie to have your questions answered. Until next time, remember, knowledge plus action with a plan creates magical results. See it, say it, write it, believe it and achieve it.